Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the JT Health Podcast. I hope you are all happy and healthy. Um, I'm going to let you know early. This is going to be a bit of a ranty one, but it's going to be an educational rant. And what I want to talk about in today's episode is you may have seen the headlines that the NHS are offering weight loss injections now. And the response from the fitness industry was exactly what I would expect from uh, a load of uneducated and insensitive wankers. Um, I have seen comments saying, oh, people just love a shortcut. People are lazy, saying that this weight loss jab is cheating. Um, And this all comes from seeing a headline from like the Daily Mail or the Sun and they create their verdict based upon a headline without doing any research, without thinking in depth about the potential benefits that could come from this without looking at studies of what outcomes this weight loss jab can bring. And then they jump straight onto Instagram and say, oh, people are lazy and all you've got to do is move more and and eat less. It's calorie deficit, bro. What, like, it's easy. And I'm like, this, it, it makes me hate the fitness industry because ultimately, and I know you haven't come here to learn about how people become PTs, but what it takes to become a PT is very little. Let me tell you, and I mean this, when I went to do my level two and three personal training qualifications, there were people in my class who had never been to the gym before. And they wanted to become personal trainers because they'd heard that you could make money doing it. People with no interest whatsoever, no background, no experience themselves, and they were pushing themselves through a level two and three. Then there's the other crowd who are meatheads and they lift and they, they, they're self-righteous assholes who have got themselves in shape. They don't really want to help anyone else. They just want to make some money uh, so they become personal trainers. And they do their level two and three qualifications and then they don't bother doing any more further education because they think that's them set. Let me tell you that when I qualified as a personal trainer, I was terrified because I knew that I knew absolutely nothing. They say the more you know, the more you realize you don't know anything. And it's completely true. I am three or four years into being a coach now and learning every day. And it scares me how little education and how easy it is to get into this industry and take control of people's health. Because how often do you go and see a doctor? If you've got a personal trainer, personal trainers need to be bridging the gaps between doctors and uh, the general public. And I'm not saying we um, diagnose people, but we're there to help people get healthy. We're, we're there to have positive impacts. And then if there is something more serious, we refer to doctors or should refer to doctors. But instead, every personal trainer wants to talk out before they've and give their verdict before they've done any research. So if you're listening to this and you haven't actually seen the headlines, maybe I'm just in an echo chamber where 
you know, I follow a lot of personal trainers on Instagram and I'm seeing lots about it. Maybe it hasn't really hit the general public as much, but seeing the backlash made me want to record this podcast episode and help educate you and help you see it from a different perspective and help give you a bit more of an in-depth understanding of what this jab is, what it could do and what the potential outcomes could be rather than you reading something from the Daily Mail or seeing the the post from a shitty PT with uh, zero qualifications talking way out of his scope of practice. And you might be thinking right now, well, you're about to talk outside your scope of practice. And fair enough, I'm not saying that you need to take what I'm saying as gospel, but I've read into it. I've spoken with people who I respect and, you know, learn, uh, and know have done the research. And I want to then pass that on to you and hopefully give you just an opportunity to, to make your own mind up. If after this you still think, yeah, well, they're all lazy bastards and they're just looking for shortcuts, then that's fine. Then me and you will agree to disagree. But I just want to make sure that you've got the full story before you then go giving your verdict to others, which could be completely negative, um, with, you know, without having all of the details. So first of all, I want to talk a little bit about what uh, this weight loss jab is and what it does. So it is, it basically mimics a hormone called GLP-1, which is released after we consume food. So it suppresses our appetites. So ultimately you have less drive to eat, you end up eating less calories and you as a result then lose weight. Now I've seen comments saying it's cheating, it's a shortcut. This jab does not change thermodynamics. It does not change the fact that energy balance is going to be the key factor when it comes to losing weight. What it does do is act as a tool to help make weight loss a little bit easier for people who struggle much more. And I'm going to get into why they struggle um, later in this episode. So it's not like going and getting a gastric band where you, you know, you come back from Turkey and you haven't had any guidance on, you know, actually changing your habits and you come back and you act the same and ultimately you end up back in the same position. It just takes a little bit longer. Um, you can only qualify to get this weight loss jab if you have at least one weight related comorbidity, basically meaning that your obesity is drastically affecting your health. Your BMI is over 35, which is classed as, you know, a, a, a pretty dangerous place for our bodies to be. And you can only have this weight loss jab alongside a minimum of a two-year weight management service. So basically working alongside a dietitian to help you work on your habits, work on your relationship with food, work on portion control, educate yourself about nutrition, and ultimately help you do the things that are going to help you lose weight as well. But basically this, this weight loss jab is gonna be like the, the igniter is going to help you get the ball rolling and then 
you can teach alongside that. It's not just like a, here's a weight loss jab. You're going to have an eight pack away you go. See people jump to conclusions straight away. that oh, they're just getting the easy way out. They're avoiding all the hard work. No, it's still going to be very, very difficult for this person to lose weight. Let me talk to you a little bit about fat loss. Cause a lot of people don't understand this and they see somebody who is overweight and they point the finger and they say they're lazy um you know um they need to just move more and, and uh eat less blah blah yes okay like we all know what a calorie deficit is but fat loss is not created equal for everybody yes the principle is the same we all need we all need to adhere to uh, well we all fall under energy balance that's the principle that cannot be changed to lose weight but the factors that can come into play when trying to lose weight Things like genetics. Some people are more um, have a have a greater chance of becoming obese due to genetic components. Nurture. We don't all have the same upbringing. If you have been raised around a parent or neighbor or um, teacher who was very emotional around food and passed th- these kinds of habits and behaviors and thought processes on, then you could have deeply ingrained habits and thought processes around food since a very, very young age, and they are not easy to break. So nurture plays a huge part of this. Hormones, and I'll speak about this in a little bit. Trauma, we don't all live the same lives. We haven't all had the same experiences. Some people have been through trials and tribulations that you couldn't imagine you couldn't fathom coming out the other side of and they have turned to food as a comfort because they feel such pain that they need short-term gratification through food am i saying that's the right way to do it no but can i relate and can we all try and relate a little bit more to the fact that life is hard and some people look for comfort And then it can, you know, too much of anything can be a bad thing and they end up in a bad place and they struggle to get out of it. And then what happens when that trauma leads them to become obese is their hormones are affected. So there are hunger hormones called leptin and ghrelin. Now ghrelin, when ghrelin is high, you will experience higher hunger levels. When leptin is high, you will experience fullness. So when we eat food, leptin is released and then you experience feelings of fullness. You no longer want to eat anymore. What happens or what is the case for for some people is that they are leptin resistant. So their body is releasing leptin. It's going to the receptor, but the receptor cannot handle it the way that our bodies can. And then they are not getting that feeling of fullness. So they they almost cannot be filled. They continue to eat because their hormones are dysregulated. Not everybody has that. That means that fat loss is a lot harder for some people than it is for others. So before people jump to conclusions of laziness and, you know, um, cheating and looking for the easy way out, just remember that we're not all genetically built the same. We didn't all have the same upbringing. We've not all had the same experiences and we don't all have the same hormonal breakdown. So show a little bit of compassion and understanding. And actually, uh, and I'm not saying that anybody listening to this is going around, you know, with 
horrible opinions and spreading misinformation. But maybe if you have and you think now, oh, maybe I have been guilty to jump into conclusions, show some compassion because it's not going to help people jumping on their backs and telling them that they're cheaters and that they're lazy. We need to seek solutions for the obesity crisis that we're in. If it was easy, as easy as just calorie deficit, mate, you just need to move more and, and eat less, then we wouldn't be in an obesity crisis because people know what to do. They, they're trying to lose weight. But we're getting worse and worse. So, you know, we have to look at other ways. And you also need to think about who this is being given to. It's not being given to somebody who wants to lie on the beach with an eight pack. It's being given to somebody to prevent illness, to, to, sorry, to potentially save their lives and prevent them from a life of chronic illness. So how, why would this be a bad thing? So to give you a bit more um, of a background into the, um, the jab itself, it's called semaglutide. And there was a trial run and it showed that people taking semaglutide injections once a week alongside supervision, so alongside people helping them with their diets, lost on average 12% more of their body weight than the placebo group, than the group that didn't take the jabs. This is huge, 12%, that is, a, that is a big return. And think about it this way, if we can help people kickstart and on their journey and help them lose a little more weight, they're gonna be able to move their bodies more effectively and more efficiently. They're gonna be able to then be more active. So if they pair the weight loss jab with a good dietitian or nutritionist and they, they help them move a little more as well, then they're going to be onto a winner. And what happens when we lose weight is you then become more sensitive to hunger. You then become more leptin sensitive. So instead of being leptin resistant and you never experience feelings of fullness, when you experience fat loss, you start to become more leptin sensitive again. So this is going to help people maintain their results long term, providing that they keep up with the actions of you know a healthy balanced diet and being nice and active it's going people are saying yeah well it won't work long term it's not like a gastric band like i mentioned before it's going to help you lose weight you're getting supervision alongside it for two years minimum so the chances of long-term success are massively increased that is telling somebody to go on a diet and and move more and eat less so hopefully that's opened your eyes a little bit to, you know, a different way of looking at this. Another thing I want you to think about is, and another complaint that I hear all the time from insensitive arseholes, yeah, these obese people are costing us millions on the NHS. Yes, obesity is one of the biggest costs for the NHS. This weight loss jab is a cost efficient way of reducing the obesity crisis, which will then save the NHS more money to pump around to other places which need it, cancer research, those type of things. So for me, this can only be a good thing. And the people who are, you know, looking at this really negatively and, and with a lack of compassion, they're uneducated. 
nobody who's seeing this research and thinking from this side of the fence and look if you know me you'll know that i like to sit on the fence and i go yeah you know you know this could work but also this could work and it's often not black and white and there's often you know it's it's often falls somewhere in the gray the answer you know off the answer is often that it depends but with this like if somebody has tried and tried and they cannot lose weight and their health is drastically reducing and it's costing the nhs money and they really want to help themselves then why would we not do this when the re when the research is there to show that it's going to help so hopefully if you are having this discussion in work or you're having it with friends you know just just spread this message of self-compassion and, and actually that you're educated and you know what you're talking about and i guarantee they'll either stick to their guns and go no well they're just you know the reason they're in that position in the first place food is often an emotional response it's a cover-up for something stressful day at work trauma from your childhood a bad breakup an abusive relationship whatever it might be food acts as a cover for that it gives people comfort in a fucking hard and tough and challenging world but then what can come with that is obesity and drastic declines in health and we have to start addressing this and the fitness industry in my opinion is not doing a good enough job of being educated and spreading the right message so that's why i jumped on this uh podcast episode and this topic this week i hope that you've enjoyed it and it's opened your eyes and it's not been too ranty and i've not you know been too on one side i just want to reiterate i'm not saying that these people should shouldn't also practice habits and portion control and living a balanced and healthy diet and work on their relationship with food and go and see therapists to work on their trauma for which might be causing them to overeat in the first place i'm not saying that i'm not saying to give these people a shortcut i'm saying help them get started and then nutritionists dietitians good personal trainers can step in and help them get the rest of the way drastically improve their quality of life and drastically improve their health and for me that is a very very positive outcome so that's it for today i hope you enjoyed this episode if you have please share it and let other people know like it really helps me please uh give the podcast a five star rating if you enjoyed it um and leave a review depending on where you are listening on what platform you're listening but yeah um i will speak to you all soon take care